Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher, please take a minute to rate our podcast. It will help others find it. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we're hearing again from our friend Heather J., who has a really cool topic. Um, she's going to chat about her morning routine and how it helps her recovery. Please enjoy. Wow, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> You're on! <laughs> um, hi, my name is Heather. I'm an adult child hi, in recovery. And um, thank you, Carissa, for asking me to... Uh, Qualify. This is actually my uh, anniversary in the program. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been coming to ACA for seven years now, and uh, I mean, I know it's like said a lot, but it, it really has changed my life. Um, this is my third time qualifying at this meeting, and this meeting came into my life at a really important juncture where I started to question the program. I uh, had been in the program for about four years, and uh, I felt kind of like I was healed, you know, that I could sort of take life on the way I've always taken on, which was uh, lots of denial and uh, lots of um, sort of just really, um, I want to say manhandle, but kind of uh, pushing my way through life really aggressively, you know, like not uh, sort of taking time to be gentle with myself and let alone gentle with other people, just sort of bullying myself a lot. And I, I come from um, a family that my mom and dad are both alcoholics, they're big drinkers. Uh, they don't consider themselves alcoholics. They, uh, um, my dad sexually abused me and um, since I was like 10 years old to 15 and um, that mem all those memories were wiped away. Like there were some weird things that happened when I was 15, but the uh, memories of the sex abuse didn't come back until I was uh, like 30 years old, 35 years old, something like that. When, I had to, when my mom got really sick and I had to go home and be with him. And <clears throat> so that sort of got me into doing the self-work that I'm doing now, mostly because it started to manifest as panic attacks where uh, I would wake up in the morning and have this overwhelming sense that I was being like felt up and stuff, and, um, but nobody was there, but it felt like somebody was there. And um, that just really, I was so afraid of that happening at work or on the public transit here on the MTA and just, you know, I would par get really paralyzed, so um, I went and got help, and uh, I found my way into ACA um, by accident. And uh, I'm, s I'm just trying to think in my head, like, how much 
I want to like make this about Tuesday Toolbox and not too much about my past, which you can hear on parts one and two of my <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> Toolbox. Um, but to just state it briefly, that, like finding this program was really a higher power situation. I was in a super toxic relationship with this woman who really reminded me of my father. She basically was really sexually aggressive and she would tickle me a lot, which was sort of what my dad would do and as a preclude to the sex abuse. And um, so it was really good to be with her because it really got me thinking about like how traumatized I was. Like I wouldn't have realized that if I was with someone who was healthy and respected my boundaries. Mm. <laughs> so that was like the good thing about it. But so I walked into a meeting that's on Saturdays called Struggle for Intimacy trying to figure out ways I could be a better partner to this woman. And um, when I, s I said ACA struggles for intimacy on the like gay and lesbian center website, and I, I was like, I don't know what ACA means, but I'll just go for the struggles. <laughs> so I got this. <laughs> so I like walk in and they read the laundry list and it just was like, I just was like, oh my God, that's me. You know, I, I think a lot of us feel that way when we first hear them. It's it's just so hard to describe that feeling of just being in a room for the first time where people are so honest about where they come from and, you know, like, just hearing all that honesty. I, I was, like, shocked because I was like, wow, I never thought of my parents as alcoholics, but, you know, it just all of the clues, everything just was like, yeah, it's so them, you know, like, they drink from the moment they get up and it's always, my dad's line is like, it's always four o'clock somewhere or five o'clock somewhere. And he, uh, <coughs> you know, lots of drunk driving situations, but since he's like this military guy, he always gets out of it, you know, like they always just say, go, you know, they always know who he is. So he never has had any punishment for his drinking. Um, but to fast forward, um, so what really uh, got me sort of where I'm at today, which is where I was, was like, uh, I was very ambitious, but I wasn't feeling my feelings. Um, my addiction is sort of like um, being a people pleaser. Like I really just want people to like me. And so I have the class clown thing, but it also like was super manipulating people. Like really just wanted to find a partner and kind of be mommied, you know, but um, yeah, higher power never let that happen. I was always like <laughs> becoming the mom, you know? And like, um, I had lots of anger issues too. So I just would feel um, really rageful to my partner. Um, just like lots of yelling and, um, and I would yell and instigate them to hit me. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. So it was like, I was with abusive women, but they, like, I was also like, trying to get them to punish me in that way that felt familiar because that was my home life um so i'm just shaking my head because that's like i had this whole plan about how i was going to do this and it's like completely <laughs> going sideways but i think it's what it's supposed to do so uh i had picked out a reading it's on page 282 um and it's on the 12th step Okay. 
Oh, who's timing me and how much time do I have? I could take the whole hour, which I don't think you want. <laughs> Is there someone timing me? Okay, you're timing me. Okay, eight minutes. All right, so I'll read for about, I guess, three minutes. And then, all right. Okay, so step 12, summary. In step 12, we claim our program of recovery for ourselves by putting into practice the spiritual principles we have used and continue to use to reparent ourselves. The principles include surrender, hope, honesty, self-forgiveness, humility, and many more from the 12 steps. Step 12 calls ACA members to carry the message to other suffering adult children in addition to practicing these principles in all our affairs. We can also expect a spiritual awakening as promised in step 12. There is possibly no greater act of reparenting ourselves than carrying the message of hope to another suffering adult child yet to know a new way of life. By doing so, we grow emotionally and spiritually. We learn to love ourselves more surely. Through reparenting, we learn to use spiritual principles in our daily lives to replace old ways of thinking and reacting. The solution states, by gradually releasing the burden of unexpressed grief, we slowly move out of the past. We learn to reparent ourselves with gentleness, humor, love, and respect. In carrying the ACA message of hope to another, we use gentleness, humor, love, and respect in the same manner that we do these things for ourselves. There are other points to consider when carrying the ACA message to those who still suffer, but we begin with this attitude. We progress from hurting to helping. We awaken to a sense of wholeness we never knew was possible. By working the ACA steps, we learn that our past can be one of our most important assets in our effort to help others and ourselves. We don't live in the past, but we can help another adult child when no one else can, or when sincere attempts by professionals have failed. We use our stories to build identity with the person we are sponsoring or carrying the message to in treatment or elsewhere. Adult children new to the program can be skeptical without showing it. Many are experts at disbelief. They can only be reached by someone who can share about his own family dysfunction in terms that the new person understands. When we talk of being a people pleaser or confusing love with pity, we see the connection we make with the person seeking help. Before long, the person usually opens up and begins relating similar experiences. That is the power of our story when we tell it with humility and hope for helping others. The 12th step is our stage where we become actors instead of reactors without solutions. Acting from a foundation of self-love and respect, we offer our spiritual solutions to adult children seeking a better way of life. We also help ourselves. Um, I guess I'll stop there. I think that's pretty good. That pretty much summarizes my program. So. The thing I had to do um, in ACA the most was just learning to forgive myself. Um, I was super hard on myself and um, I'm very much like, um, I'm just never good enough, you know? I felt really worthless and I had a low self-esteem coming in here. Um, a lot because of how I was raised with the abuse, the physical and the mental and the, you know, any way to keep you down and controlled. And so a lot of my program has been um, honestly trying to have fun as much as possible while staying responsible, you know. So 
like I didn't know how to have fun and I still kind of don't but <laughs> like I'm realizing fun is like um, like for me my self-care has to include um, either taking a yoga class and all the stuff I used to roll my eyes at but it's kind of saved my life mm -hmm. um, taking a yoga class reading the literature creating a spiritual practice in the morning has been super important like before I leave the house I try to be um, in a place of peace and joy before I get on that MTA train because like if I leave the house as frantic as I feel in the morning um, it just is just a bad slope all the way down and then I do something triggering such as you know if, if, if it was drugs that's what it would be like there's just a lot of punishing behavior I do to myself so um, and coming to a lot of meetings and working with other talking with other fellows so my spiritual practice right now includes um, I wake up in the morning and I try to feel something happy before I get out of bed like I try to feel something joyful you know whether it's uh, the cat sleeping next to me on the bed looking super cute or if it's like um, you know how excited I'm gonna be to go on vacation like there's just something that I can feel happy about before I get out of bed then I um, say a prayer um, and my prayer is pretty much uh, the letting go letting God prayer so it's like um, you know I'm surrendering to a higher power today to show me the best way I can be the best person possible um, to love myself and to love others and to um, turn my self-will over to God that sort of stuff just really sort of um, just really not feeling like I'm going into the day alone you know which is how I feel a lot of the times I feel alone um, so just to feel like okay I have the spiritual spiritual um, universe sort of you know supporting me and that it's a loving universe one of the ways I was raised is that um, nothing safe that you're always should be in fear um, the thing my mom says every time we get off the phone is be careful out there you know and it's like I'm going out to be a police officer or something I think that's like <laughs> <laughs> what they used to say I mean you guys might be too young but there's a show on Hill Street Blues or something that was like be careful out there like don't get killed I'm like I'm literally going to the museum so it's not that <laughs> I will be okay but so it's like always this fear and then uh, so, so it's like the one thing is that this is a loving universe and um, so that kind of stuff I try and then I listen to while I'm brushing my teeth I listen to inspirational podcasts and in this inspirational podcast the guy is like you are love this is a loving universe like it's just saying it over and over you know so I'm like yeah <laughs> so like Sometimes I have to switch it up because you start to not hear them, you know, so you have to find someone different. And uh, so after that, I um, meditate for just one minute because that's like all the time I have. And in that meditation, I just breathe. And um, I kind of just say turning my life over to God, turning my life over to God. And I know that could be hard for some people to hear just because it was hard for me to hear. Um, I wasn't 
like a big church person and the church like really abused my family but um, in this program I had to find something that was not human that I could turn to as a loving parent so eventually that loving parent will be me but right now I think I'm sharing that position with <laughs> higher power um, and then I think that's it I think then I leave the house <laughs> so, so the past, like, I've been practicing you know, like two hours later, I leave the house, and um, I go to, like, I go to, um, I go to a lot of meetings, but the thing that, um, that happens in the, if you go to a lot of meetings is that it can sort of, you know, be hard, especially when people are in their raw space, and so... Um, for me, I had to, I've had to like open up my program to other meetings. So there's like, um, there's ACA, which sort of gives me the loving parent, but then there's like, uh, this money program, which I won't talk too much about, but that kind of sort of lifts up my, uh, being able to take care of myself financially because due to all of my ACA issues, um, I haven't been able to make money or keep jobs or I'll stay in a job that's super low paying and the next step of building up my self-esteem was saying asking for what I'm worth and um, learning how to talk to creditors and stuff that you know my parents never taught me and you know <coughs> so that's like another part I would say would be a tool is to like look at all of your addictions you know um, but that's kind of understated and it's in this book too like work on those addictions first so um, I guess I will sort of wrap up with that you know um, when I came back when I left the meeting for a little while because I was like you know I had a good relationship and I was doing okay uh, the reason why I came back into the program is because I realized that um, like I have to kind of keep a foot in this world because um, even though I've like forgiven my father and I understand that like he's part of the sickness as well like there's been sexual abuse all throughout our family and um, that he was probably sexually abused as well and that my mom's sort of abandonment and complete like utter sense of reality like she just isn't present um she just watches tv all the time like i have to be able to say like i don't you know i don't need to like what would happen is i would go visit them and then that would sort of knock me out for like you know three or four months and now like i only see them like maybe two times a year and then when i see them like i you know i stay at the airbnb but that's kind of what brought me back in was that my parents burn the house down because of their drinking and um, so there was just a lot of anger and a lot of like fear and a lot of like um, want, me wanting to go down and rescue them so um, yeah that, that brought me back into the program because I realized I had to like really just focus on myself and that they have their own higher power so I think that's probably a good place to stop. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. Thank you.